0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> October 26th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Going to be joined in just a second here by 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting Steve Wolfong. You know him, you love him. He used to be here all the time. He's gone on to greener pastures, but he has graced us with his presence today. But first, gentlemen across the nation, I have an urgent message for you. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped, the brand that took your balls to space is now launching them into the ultrasphere. Introducing the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, featuring a new cutting-edge design at next-generation dual skin-safe blade heads for different shapes. It's pretty much a spaceship to take your boys downstairs to the next level. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the brand-new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra by going to manscaped.com. For 20% off, plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS. High tech for low places, Manscaped. This right here is on the cutting edge of cutting it up. Upgrade your ball trimmer and your life will follow. Once again, 20% off, free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at Manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough. It's time to go ultra with Manscaped. Ah, what a glorious way to start the show, as always. But even more glorious... The great Steve Wolfong obviously has audio access to the ads and he has manscaped his dome. So we are ready to rock Steve. Welcome back.
1: Do some people use the same thing they shave up here to manscape? Are you one of those guys?
0: No, I actually have talked about this. Uh, thankfully, manscape sent us some sample products. I gave the trimmer to my, uh, eldest son who was in fact planning to buy one for himself, these younger generations. So that was a hundred dollar deal for him. And then my 17 year old, good Lord. That's that's, that's makes me feel old. My youngest just for his birthday, I got the little, uh they sent me the, the electric razor. And so you knew back in the day, it had the three prongs. And it would like oh, be God. like a torture. Dude, the one they have for him, he put it on. He couldn't believe it. It's like smooth, compact You can put your finger on it. So,
1: the electric grid works you, for it.
0: You're not going to have to worry about this for what's your eldest, nine or ten? Nine. Nine. So you've probably got four years, so you have to have the talk and, and we'll go from there. But let's have this talk. Major recruiting news. Um, let me preface this first by saying this is not going to be a show about the hullabaloo up in Michigan. Steve Wilfong is a man of all the people, and it would not be probably. Salient for him to discuss it on this show. I haven't seen any new information on it. Um, If you want to go to the front row and see one of the 75 threads we have going on it, feel free to uh, drown yourself in their sorrow. But I digress. Eli Lee, class of 2025 linebacker from Akron-Hoban, an emerging power, if not emerging, an established power in Ohio. I think we all thought he would verbally commit once he visited and got rolling. Bill put the uh, and you put the crystal ball to his name, which means he's essentially enrolled. Your thoughts on the addition of Eli Lee?
1: Well, I like it. Anyone that Ohio State targets early in state and covets is a guy that they've done a lot of background on six foot three, 215 pound. Hard nosed, physical, second level defender that's going to be strong against the run, but a guy that can create some havoc behind the line of scrimmage, an instinctual player, and a guy that loves the Buckeyes. Had a chance to talk to him during his visit for the Penn State game, and he, you know he he obviously loved it. Uh, talked about Coach Lauren and him talking very frequently. Uh, so this was a guy. Uh, that Ohio State built a good report with, targeted early, um, prioritized, and now they have them in the fold, the class that ranks number nine nationally early in the recruiting cycle. Get ready for
0: all the Tommy Eichenberg comparisons you can stomach. Uh, what about, uh,
1: yeah, um, A.J. Hawk, Bobby Carpenter, they all in the same, same breath there?
0: Yeah, I think Tommy's a little bit more of the middle type as A.J. Bobby was an outside guy who – pass rush ability, got him to be a first round pick, but yes, Ohio has a linebacker you vibe to it. And James Laurinaitis back in town and making a lot of the calls that I think gives everybody uh, a nice comfort with that position. Speaking of comfort, another guy who visited this weekend, if you look at today's podcast adorns the cover art with uh, a nice standard Ohio state sweatshirt on, despite being committed to Florida. He's the number one player or number one defensive end. He might even be the number one player in the state of North Carolina, Amaris Williams.
1: Yeah.
0: I talked about this earlier in the week. Uh, Florida got a huge commitment over the weekend by one of the few defensive linemen rated ahead of our guy, Amaris. And I was wondering if LJ McCray's addition would have any effect. You can kind of take that and run with it. And then maybe how you see this working out for Williams as, yeah, it, I mean- as it pertains to Ohio State for that matter.
1: No, I think, I don't think that LJ McCray's decision is is going to impact what Amaris Williams chooses to do. Uh, I mean, Florida's trying to stockpile defensive linemen just like Ohio state is right. Ohio state already boasting one of the best defensive line classes in the country with Justin Scott and Edric Houston, uh, in the fold and they want to add Amaris Williams to that group. And, uh, he had a fantastic official visit over the weekend, got a chance to talk to his mom about it. They were just blown away by Larry Johnson, specifically not only the fact that Larry Johnson has produced a lot of players, but that those, those players come back and find him in Columbus, Ohio in their off season to, to get some work in. And so that really spoke to uh, Amaris and his family to just the kind of relationships that coach Johnson has with his players and the amount of trust there. They love the environment uh, the scene for for the ball game and had a good conversation with Ryan Day. There was a lot of buzz uh, during the visit that he was very uh, much thinking about uh, perhaps, you know, um, seeing where things stand with Florida, but uh, I you know, there's always that visit high, right? So you know we'll see what happens moving forward because Florida's doing everything they can to keep them in the fold. They sent coaches down there to see them. they've been they've been in regular. Uh, contact with him, and uh, he's been high on Florida for a long time. Coach Chaos, you guys know him well. He used to be at Penn State uh, before uh, in the league, and now he's Florida's defensive line coach, so he does a a fantastic job, and so does Coach Napier. There's other schools trying to get involved, so we'll see, but no question Ohio State made a major impression on Amaris and his family.
0: Did uh, anyone in the Williams uh, crew give you an idea of when he wants to have things settled?
1: So I think that, you know, there were some, I, I think that there, I, I I get the sense things are slowing down again. You know, when you're in the middle of a visit, everything's going great. Right. Uh, but now, you know, you get home, you're able to recalibrate, you start talking to some people you weren't on campus with again, you know, and so we'll see what happens.
0: Very interested in Amaris Williams. Um, he is probably the defensive end in the class that they, they're craving. Keep in mind, if they do manage to grab him, that would be three of the top 10 dudes, three, six, and 10, Justin Scott, Edric Hewson, and Amaris Williams. That would give them among the better defensive line hauls in the country to go with an incredible wide receiver haul, and tremendous corner haul. And uh, they are aiming to add to the offensive line haul. They went to the hilt with Brandon Baker. That did not work out. They are now involved in Back involved after a while with the uh, Jordan Seaton. Uh, he was once at St. John's in D.C. Those of you who saw them play DeMatha on TV the other night, was a very impressive game. And he was a guard. He went to IMG in Florida, uh, and now he is at left tackle and very impressive. I've said this on the show before. I have had someone tell me that they believe Jordan Seaton is actually a better left tackle prospect than Brandon Baker. That remains to be seen. He is on the the tour though, man. I mean, if you uh, IMG guys get recruited by almost everybody and then you take into account, this guy has been racking up the frequent flyer miles. What is it going to come down to for Jordan Seton? He is expected to visit Ohio state for the Michigan state game. Can you bring us up to speed?
1: Yeah, that's lining up to be a big recruiting weekend with Chance Robinson also expected. I think that, you know, Ohio State, they could lose four receivers this year, right? So they don't like to go to the portal for receiver. So four out, four coming in from the prep ranks. So Chance Robinson's a guy they would like to add. But back to your original question in Jordan Seton, uh, Ohio State was an early favorite for him. Um, I think now... Um, that visit to Oregon I think was a a a major needle mover Alabama Tennessee Florida also in the thick of it for Jordan Seton so Ohio State is a school that he's always been high on but I think that they have to gain ground uh coming into this official visit on a few other programs
0: it's going to be a very important visit I mean uh They're going to have to make up some ground on that visit. I imagine do some involvement with the uh, people who help Ohio state recruit and generate funds. So we will we shall see on that one. This past weekend uh, there was Ohio state had to play against Penn state without its number two receiver and a Mecca at but they did feature a guy named Marvin Harrison and, targeted him 16 times with the number one player in the country who happens to be a receiver, Jeremiah Smith, standing there watching it all. So it was a bummer not to have Ig Mecca. It probably didn't hurt the recruitment of Mr. Smith to see the number one guy who everyone's comparing him to get targeted 16 times and be talked about nationally. Like I can't remember the last receiver to generate this amount of attention and deservedly. So, Let's talk about some of the other guys who were here on the visit. And There's been so much chatter about Jeremiah Smith. The talk of him going elsewhere has somewhat died down, um, and I really have never thought that was going to happen. And Those of you who saw Brian Hartline on this show earlier this season, he said, if I'm here, Jeremiah will be here. That was good enough for me. Bring us up to speed on what your thoughts are on Jeremiah and then other guys like Marquise Davis, Jordan Davis, and dudes like that.
1: Well, I agree. I think that um, Jeremiah Smith's going to be an incredibly tough flip for any other program. You know, Miami, Florida, Florida State, all trying to chip away uh, at Ohio State here down the stretch for Jeremiah Smith. I think he obviously knows what Ohio State's track record is and, and, and Marv's going to be another uh, future first rounder, potential Indianapolis Colt. Uh, but the uh I think the thing that really stands out to Jeremiah about Ohio State in addition to the player development and, and the relationship he has with the staff is knowing that the receivers have a great experience at Ohio State in their time. They just enjoy being buckeyes. He's come on campus and spent time with with uh, Marv and and Julian Fleming and Omeka Igbuka and those guys. They, they enjoy being at Ohio State, and so I think that's just another element to that recruitment that he knows he's going to get developed. He knows he's going to play in a great offense. The track record of being a first-rounder, it's all there, but you also get to, like, enjoy yourself while you're there at the same time. I think it all works out. You know, obviously, I think Ohio State does a terrific job with the players in their NIL uh, that they provide. So they really just, you know, it's just players like being there. Yep. Um, you know trying to get more players to come in the 2025 class we talked at the top Eli Lee now part of a 24-7 sports class that ranks number nine nationally and they're going to land some other guys that you know ultimately visited from the weekend like it would be surprising I think to see top two four seven running back Marquise Davis anywhere else when all said and done you know he he's high on Penn State I think Tennessee's in there Among others, but you know he had a great visit. Um, He he talked about the dominant nature uh, of the program and and how versatile the offense is. So I think uh, Ohio State's in in a fantastic spot for for Marquise Davis, another running back that they're in a great spot for. He was not there this weekend, uh, but since we're talking running backs, is Jordan Davison from California, Santa Ana, Matter Day? He's a guy that. Ohio State's going to have a great chance to land in, in the 2025 class as well. But there was just, you know, I think Ohio State's the one to beat right now for Devin Chan- Sanchez, five-star corner from Houston, Texas, North Shore. Now there's going to be some stiff competition there, Alabama, LSU, A&M, to name a few, but uh, him and his family always have fantastic experiences when they're on, on the Ohio State campus. They, they love the atmosphere. Uh, they just like the way the staff carries themselves, just called it an outstanding culture, winning tradition. And uh, Coach Perry Eliano, Coach Walton, they've done a fantastic job there. Mark Zachary, the fourth from my neck of the woods in Indianapolis. Ohio State's very well positioned mm. for him. Uh, Trey McNutt, you know, uh, a, another. Dorian Brew. Door, Dorian Brew. So Ohio State's in the middle of some of these blue chip battles early for them to. Get a big win against Penn State. Um, play a great second half. Um, I, I think that uh, you know this is a this is a recruiting weekend that they'll reap rewards from down the roads. I'll
0: tell you a little silver lining to this as well. Ohio State is putting together, I think, for 2025, just an incredible haul at defensive back. At least they're in position to do lining so. Up. Lining and- up. And if you consider the fact that they're merging with the Pac, whatever it is, Pac 12, and all those teams are not physically based, those are passing offenses. We are going to be really set up to transition, be able to put throw four or five corners on the field to play those spread offenses, yet still have the core of our program be physical. Um, good planning by the buckeyes, I might add. One guy they've asked about is Jamie French. FF French. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Alabama committed player who was visiting this past weekend.
1: Yeah, so he was one of the players that I had a chance to catch up with afterwards. And I mean, he said the atmosphere was outrageous and, you know, the consistency of the wideouts continue to catch his eye. You know, I don't I don't have anything beyond that. He had a great time there. And, again, Ohio State. What's,
0: what's Saban's vibe on that? There, you know, I don't know if you remember this. Things have changed so much. But there was a time – Good Lord. Three, four, five years ago, where when you were committed, you were not to visit. There were some programs that I remember Mark D'Antonio at Michigan State. If you wanted to visit elsewhere, you had to decommit. Um, How does Saban feel about Jamie French Come on up?
1: I think he's more in the camp of like Ohio State. Like you just do what you got to do. Clemson's still in the uh, camp of not only the Stone
0: Age. Excuse me. Go ahead.
1: Not only can you not, you know, they don't like their committed guys to take visits, but if you're committed elsewhere, you can't visit them till you decommit. So if you're committed. What do you make to- of that?
0: What do you make of old Dabo? That's me And he didn't take transfers. I mean, what's going to happen? Is he going to have to change? Or is this, I imagine that's not such a fun thing to be a part of right now.
1: I, right. Um, I mean, they, they won the ACC though last year, right? And I understand that we live in a world where most people are national championship or bust and I understand that's the expectation that he's put in place at Clemson and he knows it because he's won two national titles but uh, my take on Clemson is this I think that he's had some major coaching turnover on his staff where they had at one point as good a continuity as anyone in America but not only that like Those coaches were awesome coaches. They're very good.
0: Elliot and Venables.
1: Yep. Jeff Scott, Tony Elliott, even Chad Morris, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, so when you lose guys like that and you don't replace them with the same caliber all the time, I think it, it shows up. Um, and, and, you know, it's hard to win every game. It's hard to win a national championship, you know? So I'm not down on I, – I, it's like a trendy thing to, like, get into Coach Sweeney's code of ethics for college football roster development. But I know that all the people that play there have great experiences yep. and love it. They've won at a, such a high level. Uh, and, and, look, they know what their standard is now. So when you lose three games, when you lose this game on the road to Miami – you know, there, you got to answer the tough questions, but it's paid a lot of money, you know? Uh, But I'm not going to sit here and act like Dabo Sweeney's not one of the best coaches in college football. I mean, it reminds
0: me of, uh, urban's first run at Florida, not necessarily the on field stuff, but Urban built an incredible staff. And then he had a real hard time replacing his guys the first time around and started trying to do everything himself. And it crumbled. Um, I get kind of the feeling that, that that's happened to Dabo because isn't as you go over and just say out loud the names of their assistant coaches, that is like a uh, – that's like the Browns old staff. That's an all-star staff. So even if you would have done a good job replacing them, it would have been probably some shortcomings. But that really is what happens. I mean, it's very difficult to do it again on the fly when you become – like. and you're right, they became the IT program. It's kind of like the Eagles this year in football where – they lost their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator of the year before. So that's tough. I, I'm thankful it has not happened at Ohio State. Go ahead.
1: In Clemson, they also had some of the best players of the decade, right? I mean, exactly. particularly at the quarterback position, Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence are starters in the league that have had – I mean, Trevor's just starting – but Deshaun Watson had some good runs in the league he did, before I mean, he
0: went mentally off. The, the, sure. The
1: but, 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 but my point still stands. Like does, you're, great. you can come to Sunday and be one of the better players in the league. I mean, like, yeah. So they had guys like that walking around on their defense and, and, and offense too. And so, you know, they, they really haven't replaced
0: their skill guys though.
1: Exactly. Like say their receivers the most-
0: used to be scary.
1: They had some of the most explosive players in the country in their backfield and at wide out. They don't have that element right now. So, yeah, it's – now they have a really good receiver class committed right now. So, um, we'll see what happens if they can turn – you know, he's turned that roster over twice. He's won two national titles with two different rosters. So, uh, I'm not going to sit here and fire him after three three losses.
0: I guarantee you I'm going to get complaints about how much we talked about – Dabo, but I do think it's interesting um generally speaking Ohio State right now 2024 is the number two recruiting class there's really no path for them to finish number one is there
1: not unless Georgia starts losing a bunch of guys but look this class is awesome I mean you you, you're talking about um the D-line the D-line class right off the bat with 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 Edrick Houston and Justin Scott those are two guys that can make an immediate impact and be two of the best players in America in a game where you got to have a great quarterback yep. and then you got to be able to be a defense that can make things happen behind the line of scrimmage on uh, running downs and pass downs and, and and those guys give you that obviously the receiver group is unbelievable yeah, Aaron is. Scott to beat Michigan for Aaron Scott was huge it's a nice offensive line class right now. I got to see Ian Moore play last Friday. He goes both ways out of New Palestine there he's got He's got one of the best high school football coaches in the country. Kyle Ralph played at Cincinnati St. Xavier, then played at North Carolina, and he randomly ends up in this city, New Palestine because he married a girl from New Palestine. One year, Kyle Ralph was the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, and he's a strength coach for the whole school and he's won several state titles. Uh, But uh, he's an offensive line guy that's coaching Ian Moore, big culture guy. Um, So Ian Moore is going to come in with the right mentality at Ohio State. He's playing on both sides of the ball, has a good motor. um, But I just like his potential as an offensive lineman. Good heat, good feet, excuse me, strong physical football player uh, that can bend and move. That's got a lot of developmental upside for Coach Fry.
0: Oh, Fry was very high on him. Fry, of course, attended. The University of Indiana. So, getting a player from the Hoosier State is certainly something that uh, they can chew on. What are your plans for the weekend, Steve? Do they send you out on the road now? Or do you monitor from a satellite? How does it work? Yeah.
1: So, I, there, you know, state playoffs are going on in the in the Hoosier State. So, we'll move around, move move around there, and then certainly continue to work the phone lines on the biggest recruiting stories out there.
0: Yeah, so we will keep an eye on Jordan Seton here as he comes for the Michigan State visit. That tends to be, I think, the biggest one out there. And we will chronicle Amaris Williams as we go here. That is a biggie. We appreciate the phone stopping by. I fully grasp, people, that most of your comments are not about recruiting today, but duty calls. And there's really been no developments on that side either. And I can't print or post Cheater, cheaters, khaki eaters uh, enough. So we appreciate the Fong stopping by. Who knows when we'll get him again. We can only be so lucky. Have a good one, buck hunters.
1: Take care, y'all. See you on the front row.